Jump scare! Uh, yeah, gotcha. Uh, uh, welcome to oh, Films gosh. with Women in My Life. Uh, my name is Brennan, and <laughs> joining me tonight is Jess. I thought you saw a spider or something. What's up? <laughs> no, it's jump scare. Get the, uh, ah! And uh, tonight, uh, speaking of jump scares, we are reviewing scary stories to tell in the dark. The newest movie that people are saying is by Guillermo del Toro, but it's not. Uh, it is by Andre Overdahl, who did a movie called Troll Hunter, which I saw and liked. Um, How was that mistaken by who did it? So all over the previews is like uh, a Guillermo del Toro project or whatever. And people know Guillermo del Toro. He did Pants Labyrinth and he did, uh, uh, what's that big one with the robots that fight? Pacific Rim. I was going to say, um, I, Robot. Did he do iRobot? <laughs> you said, what's the big one of the robots in the fight? And I was like, uh, iRobot? No, <laughs> the one with the fighting robots, not with where they fight against the robot. No, uh, Pacific Rim. Uh, Transformers, but better. Um, no, yeah, it was uh, yeah, it was all over the thing. And Guillermo del Toro was obviously in the- Oh, he won Shape of Water. There you go. There's one that everyone knows that he won recently. Uh, uh, yeah. Academy Awards for. Uh, affectionately known to on our show as the Fish Banging Movie. Um so yeah, this is a Andre Overdahl project. Um, other than that, he directed uh, what's this other movie? The Autopsy of Jane Doe. I've at least heard of that, but I've I've never seen that. Have you heard? You seen that one, Jess? Nope. Sounds good though. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a Jess movie. Uh, speaking of this, yeah, this is a Jess movie. Um, we saw trailers for it like probably a month or two ago, and I think we were both watching maybe The Intruder or something. It might have been that long ago, and you were just like, "Yes, we're seeing yes. that." And I'm yep. Like, <laughs> there was I'm always like, you know this what? like a unanimous like head nod, like yes or no, <laughs> when the yeah, trailers no. come by. This one was even for me, like who's a, a, not the horror movie fan of the show. Um, I'm not Mama K, who's mortally afraid of them. But uh, I, you know, for the most part, I think they're cheap. But uh, this one looked interesting. Uh, I liked the Guillermo name attached to it. Uh, some of the monsters looked cool in the trailer, and we can talk about those as we get in. But yeah, I, I had like medium expectations. I guess you could say it was getting good reviews, so that was encouraging. It's got like a, what 80 percent of Rotten Tomatoes right now. I think, yeah, B minus. Like yeah, B minus. Well, in Rotten Tomatoes language, that's really more like a B plus or an A minus because, like, yeah, know, everything above everything above sixty there is is, is it's on it's on passing. a hard harsh curve. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a harsh curve, uh, or not a harsh curve. So, um, it's in theaters right now. If you haven't seen it, we are going to spoil it. Um, you know, there's some things to spoil. It's a pretty conventional horror structure plus some anthology kind of twists to it so it's a it's a interesting plot so if you haven't seen it you have any interest in theaters now go check it out uh we rate things here at films with women in my life based on four criteria and those are the characters the plot the visual and sound and the overall resonance resonance and feel of the movie uh we start in 1968 already i've thrown through a loop i didn't know this was going to be a movie not in the contemporary day did you have any idea no, I didn't. I don't think the trailer really hinted at that. And honestly, watching it, I couldn't really... It didn't seem that far back. Like, they didn't do that great of a job um, making that. But we'll talk about it later. Yeah, I mean, there were some things like the drive-in. They talk about the Vietnam War. So those are like two... like. Uh you know some they have some things in there uh the characters are you know you got cliche bullies and the letterman jackets you've got your usual uh ragtag group of protagonists which is two guys who rag on each other uh, ramon and augie their awkward friend who's a girl stella who's pretty much our protagonist 
Um, you got Tommy is the uh, guy they meet a little bit later. He's the Hispanic guy who's not from the small town that they're in. He just kind of drifts in. Um, and then who else is there? I feel like I'm missing someone. The girl. What's her name? The uh, sister. Yeah. Ruth, Ruth. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So you got Ruth. Um, so, yeah. Th- I mean, those are your. Oh, no. R- sorry. Ramon isn't the buddy. Yeah. Augie gonna... and Ch- yeah. You're right. <laughs> No, Augie and Chuck are the buddies. Ramon is the drifter. Um, Tommy is... You see the douchebag guy? Yep. The main douchebag guy? Okay. All right. Now, I got these characters straight now. Um, And then a bunch of cliche, non-caring adults. um, Non-caring or sad or uninvolved. You know, it's it's a mix of adults don't really matter in this movie. Um, So, I didn't recognize any actor in this except for... Breaking Bad guy. uh, the dad, right? Yeah, Breaking Bad dad. Yeah, Breaking Bad cop. Dad. What's his What's his name in Breaking Bad? I hated that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you hate Breaking Bad. Uh, way to way to lose even more fans than you already. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's good. Uh, Dean Norris is the actor's name. He's the only guy I recognize. Everyone else is a relative newcomer. Um, so I'll start with you, Jess. I mean, there, we, I've kind of laid out what the characters are in this movie what do you think of the characters in this movie um so i really like stella and i feel like that's about it um i wish that ramon stepped up i think he had a pretty big part he had a pivotal event um he had a love interest but he really was a flat character he didn't really put too much on the table and he couldn't really see any of his emotions he could have very well been the best one and swept it away, but he just did a mediocre job. I don't know if it was a mismatch or his acting was only subpar, but I feel like that could have been a lot better. And I hated the two best friends because you couldn't even tell them apart. Like, w- one of them uh, was... One's got the curly hair and one's taller. <laughs> I mean, not by looks, but just by their personality. I just felt like they weren't special. Their acting was pretty bad. One of them was supposed to be, like, this girl-crazy one. One of them was nerdier, but I honestly just kept switching them apart, and they meant nothing to me. So the friends just, bleh. And then I guess Tommy and the sister Ruth, like, they're just small characters. They were fine. But overall, the the main characters, only Stella really um, stood out to me. So I'm probably eh, just going to give it a three. I think I am on board with you for the most part. Uh, It's... Yeah, Stella, everyone has to, everyone who I end up liking grows on me. I am pretty much folded arms in the first half hour of this movie where it's all character stuff before basically they get to the house, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, These characters are pretty, they're so cliche that they're boring and um, the actors, I mean, they're unknowns. This is probably one of their first big, you know, giant roles. They've probably done other small things, but... Yeah, it's pretty weak across the board for me. I I grow to like Stella and Ramon some just because we're given the most time with them. I kind of like the one the one kid. Um, is it Chuck? Chuck's the one who lasts the longest, I guess. Uh, spoiler: people die in this movie, kind of. <laughs> um, uh, I kind of like Chuck a little. He grows on me a little bit. Uh, he has just because he was he has, there longer. Yeah, he has a couple lines I actually laugh at though, um, which is. You know, I don't laugh much in this. I think this is supposed to be... It's, it's a straight horror movie, but there's definitely that, like... They're going for that it comedy, it feels like. Um, but, 
Yeah, I mean, he, his, he has a couple lines to make me laugh, but for the most part, nothing else really gets me going. Um, the Ruth character is pretty terrible. Um, Tommy's nothing. All the adults are cliche, like, oh, you crazy kids, you guys <laughs> don't even know. Except for the dad, who's just... Uh, ever since your mom left, it's just been really hard. Like it's just, it's just. <laughs> and he's adults. always just sitting on the couch. <laughs> he's sitting in the recliner, or he's like fixing the truck in the bed. Like he's just cliche widowed dad, not doing like he, he, the, the adults are it's terrible. Just getting this, by, but, yeah. Um, the 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 our leads aren't much better, and our best leads aren't great. They're just better than what's around them, which elevates it a little bit, I guess. So I don't know. It's a two five, I think the characters they're they're fine um they're not some are pretty bad but some are okay so um i think what's getting to the meat of this story now the whole plot is uh there's like a main plot and then there are the anthology stories i guess each of the mini plots which going in this movie being called scary stories to tell in the dark i was expecting a full-on anthology movie i was expecting five or six different stories with whole new characters in each one I didn't expect a single through line. Like, we're, we're with our characters in the beginning of the whole movie. I thought it was going to be, like, first 20 minutes is a story, and then we go somewhere else, and then there's n- whole new characters and a whole new story. And that's not really what happens. It's really one story with some mini-stories that happen throughout. Um, so the big story is about Sarah Bellows, who is, like, a... In the 1800s, she was uh, an albino. Is that what they say? Was Yeah. She was different, basically. And her family was like this rich land baron family. And um, they were poisoning the water. And she wanted to tell someone about it. So they lock her up in the basement and abuse her and shock therapy her. Um, she, she, you know, she, gets, she gets wrecked in her life. So now her spirit uh, haunts the world uh, by writing stories stories in this book um she would tell stories to kids through the walls in the basement uh and uh, people would hear the stories and then the stories would be written in the book and then the story would each each story written would kill a different person uh kind of uh, we'll, we'll get to that in a second um but that's like the main plot is the is really our two main characters stella and ramon have to like try to they they find the book in in the old house in the basement um creepy things happen and then the whole movie characters one by one kind of get picked off by these different stories and the whole plot is them trying to to stop to stop uh what's the sarah bellows yeah so uh there are five sub stories that happen here that each have their own like monster and i guess uh character target uh, and i'll list those off here and then uh, jess i'd be curious to hear which ones you liked which ones you didn't like if you could if okay. you could rank them uh the first one we have is um the scarecrow which is the scare- scarecrow is like the scary guy in a field he's coming after the bully uh tommy uh, then the second one we have is the toe monster uh who is after augie uh, the third one we have is the Spider Zit, which is going after Ruth. Uh, the fourth one is the Pale Lady in the hospital, who is going after Chuck. And the fifth one is the Jangly Man, and he is going after Ramon. So those are our five like character stories. Uh, Jess, what do you think of these five? So they're stories? each very, very different. Um, 
you think there's be some underlying or theme involved, but it's really what each person um, has a fear of comes true in the story to kill them. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, mm-hmm. So the one I hated the most, what I thought was so stupid, was the stupid big toe. Because it's not even like... Yes! Thank God! That's my least favorite, too. I'm, I'm really glad we line up on that. Okay. First of all, like, the movie was dumb where she was like, don't eat the stew. And he was like, oh, someone made a stew. And he, she's like, don't eat the stew. And he's like, don't... T-. Okay, that that was just stupid. I was gagging when he when that happened. It's like almost throwing up in the theater. Like, it was bad. <laughs> yeah, it was just so stupid. And that wasn't even his greatest fear. It was just a story that his dad told him when he was little. I don't think that's really something, like, constantly haunting him or something that he's thinking about. But I guess since we don't know his character too well, we don't really know his dynamics and what really triggers him. But that... Uh, I agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more. That is by far the weakest yeah, story. Yeah, so stupid. Um, Okay, um, so that one is the lowest. The next lowest uh, probably is the Pale Lady. Because I didn't like the way they made the ghost. It looked like a very, very cheap doll. Cheap fat doll. Hmm. I don't know. All right, well, we differ on this one, so we'll have to come back around to that for my opinion. Uh, what, what's, uh, what's third for you? Um, the third probably is the Jangly Man. I feel like it just didn't fit the movie. I kind of wish it was something more haunting or something more ghostly rather than a Stranger Things character. <laughs> they basically, right, so we- <laughs> yeah, they put a demigorgon in here and made it the jangly. Oh, man. he is not a demigorgon at all. I, I didn't even see. All right, so I, other than the first one, I guess we don't. We stop agreeing after that one. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, not. But I don't know. I just felt like it didn't fit, and I'd rather have something more haunting than like just creepy and slimy. Um, All right. The red spot probably is the next one. I like this one because just because it was um, on the pretty girl. If it was on anyone else, they'd be like, eh, whatever. But this is the pretty girl who cares about her appearance, who is a popular girl in school, and she's just freaking mm-hmm. out about this thing on her face. So I feel I like the contrast between the two, and it just mm-hmm. cut. And the um, they did good on the makeup. Like when you could really see it growing, and it it just made you squirm looking at it and watching oh, yeah, it swell it up. It yeah. was gross. So I think they did a good job here. And then my favorite one is Harold the Scarecrow. Because I think it was just a classic. Like, when you watch a scary movie, the Scarecrow's always there. And they re- did a really good job with the face, making it seem like a real person. However, you still see the bugs crawling around it. So was the Scarecrow in the field originally? Because I don't, I don't know, or I don't know if they told us and I missed it. Was that... A real dead person's face in the field at the beginning. No, it, it, it was looks just yeah, it looks real, but it was. Or always was it a just... pumpkin? Like what? Like what? Like did they really have a? I know it's the '60s and things were different, <laughs> but like was it literally just like a dead guy that hung up in the field? Because that's what it looked like to me the whole time, even even before you know comes to life and everything. Yeah, they didn't really touch upon that, but it does look like a dead face. I thought it was just a really realistic scarecrow. I, I thought that too, except that it. Because it kept showing the bugs crawling, I thought that implied that it was rotting on the inside. Because I've been, a, I know there would be bugs on anything if you leave it in the field, but like it was like crawling inside of the eye sockets. I, I thought, I thought it was like a real person who died, and they just like, put it up in the field. And but I was I like, well, yeah, I'd, like... I'd be fucking scared of that too. <laughs> <laughs> I know, but I also like how Tommy became the scarecrow too. Yeah, that was so. Yeah, that's another interesting thing about the deaths, quote unquote, in this movie. Um, no one, I mean. They disappear 
or they or no one overtly dies per se. Uh, it, like they don't just. I guess you could argue the scarecrow one is the closest thing we get to a straight death. But really, the characters like like the pale lady one. The, the kid disappears into the pale lady. Same with the toe story. He, he dragged. Yeah, ate him. <laughs> Yeah, that was a so I'll, I'll give them, I'll give them my rankings here, and then we can kind of hash out our differences on the other four because it sounds like we agree the toe story is the weakest by far, by yeah, far. Fuck the um, toe story. It's the worst, yeah. And that's the second one in, and my fourth one's actually the scarecrow one. I didn't love the scarecrow one, uh, so we started off with my two least favorite stories. And remember, I didn't like the characters beginning, so halfway into this movie, I'm like. Fuck this movie! <laughs> like, this, this is this is it sucked. It's exactly what I feared: flat characters, cliche, everything, over reliance on jump scares, and that's really what brings these first two down for me. The toe one obviously is all about that fucking long ass drawn out like coming up from under the bed jump scare and i'm like i know it's coming like you don't have to take fucking 90 seconds to have him crawl out of the it's stupid yeah um, and then and the, the fact when he got um slid under or on the floor you could see the marks on his fingernails like it's just, it's a wood yeah. floor you would never see that i thought that was no like, yeah he's too. not digging in that much i mean the kid i mean no one has nails that fucking razor <laughs> like no um and i so the scarecrow one is i don't love because it just doesn't. It one. It's it's the, it is the second most jump scary after that first one. Maybe the jangly man, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, so, so you remember, I always think that's the cheap stuff. Um, when you say classic, I think cliche. I'm like, oh, it's this. Like it's like kind of the same old thing always. Um, it's kind of cool when we pass by it every time in the field, and it's there, and then it's there, and then it's not there. That's you know, that's cleverish, but it's a little long, and I guess it's the my least favorite character getting killed, so I'm not invested in it really at all. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's the weakest. The second, the third, or the next weakest. The third one for me is the spot one on the pretty girl. Um, it's the best makeup and visuals in this movie for sure, but it's it's gross, um, which is what they were going for. So I give that credit. The biggest problem with this one for me is it's not really that scary. It's just kind of gross. Yeah, it wasn't um, scary. It's not scary. It's not like good. The hair comes out of a thing and then a fucking spider leg comes out. No, I don't want to see that. It's gross. Um, but what I really don't like about the story is that she didn't die at all. Like she didn't die or disappear. In fact, even at the end, which we haven't gotten, to, I mean, we'll get to that. She has a little thing in the end that this character, the Ruth character. Um, yeah, so I was I just a little confused like- because you, when um, – Stella entered the bathroom. She saw the shadow and she's like, oh, there's Sarah. So I thought maybe they scared Sarah off so she couldn't finish the job. But why wouldn't she finish her off later? Because, like, I mean, Sarah, that's another thing I've complained about in other movies, the rules. I don't understand the rules of Sarah, what she can and can't have. Yeah, that's a little plot hole. Like, she writes the story and it goes, but she can write about anything and... I, I don't know. They didn't show us what happened in the story. Like they didn't show us all the dialogue. They showed parts of it. But like, did was she not supposed to die? Because that doesn't make any sense. Because every that's like the that's like the one rule they established was when she writes your name in the book, you die. Like that's the the one rule they have, and they didn't even do that with her. So that's kind of. I mean, I know, I know they came in and stopped her, but like they should have. Yeah, that, that's dumb. That that's not a good choice. Um to break your only rule. So <laughs> I don't like that one because of that, but I do like some of the makeup and the creepiness. The next two I love. Aww, love you actually. Like the pale lady. The pale lady. We'll get to in a second. Cause that's my favorite. Jangly man is second. <laughs> Jangly man is fucking tight. Jangly man. The character, like the story is not that good. It's just like, 
oh, you avoided Vietnam. Like, oh, here I come. Uh, and he no, comes I apart. No, I thought it was because it was they sent his brother back in pieces. So right, from, Vi- in- from oh, Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, that's okay. the whole thing is that he's a draft. Yeah, we're on the same page. He's, he's a draft dodger. That's what we find out why he's drifting through the town all aimlessly is he's, uh, is he's the draft dodger. Um, and, you know, once they find out that that's the case, the cops arrest him and put him in jail. And uh, the girl, uh, Stella, stays with him overnight. And he tells a story. Uh, uh, he's like, all right, they figure out at this point, uh, it takes your deepest fear or whatever. And then he's like, oh, my deepest fear would be, you know, the, the coming back in the parts, going to Vietnam. Um, and that is personified by Jangly Man, who is like literally like. It's just a bunch of different pieces that come together. And this is why I'm saying he's not really anything like a Demi-Gorgon. He doesn't have the crazy teeth flower mouth. Demi-Gorgon no, doesn't fall apart. No, I think it's apart. just like the concept of like the creepy, weird thing just following you around. Like you're on the car and it's chasing you and it's big. Well, any, I mean, I mean, you could say that about most any monster in any movie, you know? Like yeah, any mon- no, that's true. But I don't get the Me Tai Doty Walker. That must mean something in... Either to soldiers in Vietnam, or I didn't look it up. I don't. I don't know what that means. But um, we should also say these are based on a true, like real, uh, short stories. So <laughs> this is based ha- off a true story, by the way. No, yeah, the j- <laughs> I, yeah, the jangly man's a real thing. He actually does walk around with body parts hanging off. No, this is a. It's based on a collection of short stories. So um, there's source material here that doesn't really get fleshed out. I don't know if fans of the series would find that not good or i, I don't know because i've never read those books or, or stories but um i'm sure yeah i i didn't understand what that was but i figured it was some sort of thing that either tied to the book or tied to vietnam somehow but you know i didn't really care about that because the general man's i like this i like him because he's a, like unique because he kind of falls apart and puts him back together you don't really know how to stop him um he's yeah. got a few jump scares but mostly he's just like stalking and creepy he's kind of like and he was in the movie for a long time oh yeah he's like the second villain behind um behind i guess sarah which we will get to at the end how that whole story wraps up but yeah he's he's and he's crazy he's just i think he's just fun when he's on screen i'm like I'm almost cheering for Jangly Man because he's so fun. <laughs> he's just like, ah, you go get him, Jangly. He's, he's just crazy. And he, uh, so I like that story. Um, but the best story, by far, the craziest, the scariest, the like the weirdest, the one that sticks with me the most. I wouldn't say scariest. Definitely the weirdest. Oh, the scariest. You know why? Not one jump scare. Not one jump scare. Just unsettling. Uh, unable to escape so the pale lady story the pale lady chuck uh when he gets his funny little moments about the red room and i like when they did the, the red mark and he has like a ketchup stain on his shirt and he's like oh it's me <laughs> <laughs> like that, that made me genuinely laugh i was like ah it's pretty it's pretty decent um but no, this she talks about this dream of this of this uh, obese, pale faced woman, and uh, I actually looked it up after this because I knew that I, after this I learned they were based on the stories that the way she looks in this is like exactly how she looks in the drawings, um, probably more so than any of the other characters. Like she's like almost exactly how it was in the drawings of the book. Um, she is really the fucking pale lady is scary. She's like the smiling. She reminds me of like an anime kind of character. Yeah, I couldn't kind of depict, like, where, what kind of figure you would see this from or what kind of doll, but I I don't know. 
So the whole the whole thing is he gets separated from the other two, uh, Stella and Ramon, while they're going through the records and finding all the stuff about Sarah for the main story. And he didn't want to go because it's the Red Room, the records and whatever room. Uh, so he's alone in the hospital. And this scene is just like, because you know it's coming. You know he's like, it's got to be like. Yep. Yeah, uh, because- and he knows he's next, too. Yeah, he knows he's next because this story, because he had the dream and he was afraid. And then once he saw the red room, he's like, "Oh, that's shit. That's the red room. That's where things happen." So he didn't want to go with the two of them because he wanted to try to avoid it. And you know, right there, oh, he's alone. Now something's gonna happen. I like the slow burn without like having it be so overt, where he's running around a hospital in the rest of the hospital, and there's like people who are like, "Hey, you kid, get back here!" Like nothing's really <laughs> scary yet. He's just kind of going around while they're doing the scary stuff. They're in that dark, creepy room, hearing the old recordings. And so you think something's going to happen to them maybe in the red room and then it flips and the whole hospital goes red everywhere and you get this fucking monster lady (laughs) who just like walks slowly down hallways and she doesn't even and every time he turns around she goes to another hallway and she's there but just a little bit closer just barely closer and he keeps doing it over and over back and forth like weaving down these hallways. Yeah she's inching in on him. Yeah, she is, but so slowly, so barely moving. But and he keeps like there's a couple of times where you're like, oh, there's a shot, there's a shot, and he goes, and then she's right there again, <laughs> uh, but never doing the loud bum. That's what I love is that it's no bum bum. Like, oh, she's here, she's here, like scary, and she doesn't do growls or roars or any crazy stupid stuff like that. She she's all, just, she just inches in. She it. just slowly moves in. That's what's the scariest thing about it is she just. And, like, the inescapable, like, the slow inescapability, like, you're just struggling, and you're trapped, and you're trying to get out, but, and she's, she's just slowly coming, and she just envelops him, literally, like, she, like, hugs him and, like, sucks him up, but she's never scary or roaring or even evil, she just does it, and, yeah, no, I love, love this little short story, it's, it's, it was really, just that part alone was, pulled me right back in this whole movie, um, What's whoa? I, I gushed about that long enough, though. I think um, the plot. The plot of this movie as a whole. <laughs> the plot of this movie as a whole, though. Back to you know the the whole overarching Sarah story plus these other stories in between. I'll Jess. What do you what do you rate this plot as a whole? Mm, this one's hard. It's between a three, five, and a four because I feel like the plot itself there is it's really creative and I like how it was written. But as we spoke before, there is a lot of loopholes some things don't make sense sometimes the book appeared sometimes it disappeared i didn't get that part either yeah. uh so i think i have to give it a three five but i wish i could give it a four um i yeah. liked there were some parts I really liked like when they when her and ramon went to visit the red room and they listened to sarah's recording that was one of my favorite parts um that really brought it together and it made us actually understand sarah as a person you could hear mm-hmm. her back in the day and her evil brother talking to her and shocking her with that machine. Um, yeah, and when they visited the um, her nanny, um, who's now this old senile woman, and it she was, the was daughter, basically right? the daughter of the nanny, right? The daughter of the nanny, yeah, 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 who was like, who basically understood Sarah was Sarah's secret friend. Um, right. Warned the kids about her. I don't know. I think the whole the story is really great. There's just too many holes. The acting's weak for me to really give it a really high rating, but I wish I could. I'm actually pretty close again with you. Uh, what I thought of this movie is extremely uneven. There are some just awful, awful, terrible parts. Um, but you know, I just gushed about a couple scenes for a good, good. <laughs> 
10 minutes, there's <laughs> some really good, good parts in here. I think everything in the hospital is great, not just the pale lady, but like you said, uh, I, I totally agree with you that the record scene where they're listening and it's in that old film canister thing that's like the old school recording device. Yeah. All of that's just so cool. And I remember it's the 60s, so like no real computers, everything's still paper, and it's just this endless room of files but we you know all that stuff's really good but then you know we have stupid high school stuff in the beginning and you know a lot of the characters like really other than our two leads and i guess at times that one other kid who gets killed by the pale lady i'm I'm, it's a real low low character wise to keep this plot going um and like you said the main plot yeah, there were some things I liked, but as a whole, like, I kind of figure, I kind of knew where this whole thing was going by the end. I knew, like, oh, she got locked in the basement and abused. She's probably going to be this misunderstood villain. And what I was curious to do is, well, how are they going to, like, because they're not going to, when they defeat her, quote unquote, they're going to, like, somehow be like, you got to forgive yourself or, like, you know, you got to forgive, like, them for doing this. You, you can't just keep hurting people. That's what I kind of was afraid they were going to do because I'm like, that's that's all they can do, right? Like, she was this abused person and it wasn't really her fault and now she's just taken out on people and they're going to be like, oh, no, feelings and good. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> uh, I wish I, – I thought that's what was going to happen and it kind of is, but I, I wish they yeah. – I wish they had a more creative way to resolve the end. Um, so I'm, I'm also going to land the three, five because the highs are pretty high for me. The highs are much higher than I was expecting, especially. Um, but there are some major lows. Uh, we get to the end here and jangly man's going after, it's like a two part ending. Jangly man's going after Ramon and Stella is confronting Sarah, who we kind of see flashes of. And then we finally get her at the very end. She's just this, pretty generic pale ghost she's fine like it's nothing special but it's nothing terrible it's it's fine um and she does the whole thing i just said oh they were so wrong to hurt you and we do get some good scenes where she goes in the flashback and has to like feel her pain um she like uh stella like flashes back to the house um where all the old family members live and they locked her up in the basement and as if she were Sarah, like living her through her eyes. We saw a hint of this earlier in the movie when Chuck was going to pop out of a closet to scare Augie and, um, and he saw the old lady in the bed. Um, we didn't really talk about that, but that was kind of a, a good starting scene to set the tone. Um, but you know, we're at the end here I'll, before we get to the conclusion and the resonance of feel, we haven't talked about it specifically the visual and sound in this movie, what do you think, Jess? Um, I thought they were good. I, well, okay, so I think similar to how things were going, some good, some bad. I don't like how I, it didn't really feel like it was in the 60s for me. Other things that we've watched, like Stranger Things, you can definitely tell in the 60s just by the way they dressed, by the way they talked, by the music. Well, Stranger Things is 80s, but yeah, I get what you mean. Oh, okay, well... A movie in a different era. You can really sense that here. Right before 2001 is all one era. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. But yeah, it, it, I really couldn't tell this was back in the day um, besides the car and a few minor things. I think they could have done a better job making this feel more um, historical. Uh, the music, the music was good. The scary music was the typical scary music, and I do like how they made the house. The house was fun. I like Sarah's hideaway room, and then when they um show the house back in the day when it was in color when people were living in it, I like seeing the contrast between how it changed between the two. Um, so I'll probably give it a three five, just the way I've been going across the board. 
<laughs> I'm landing on a three five here as well. Uh, I, Whoa. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I liked it pretty well. Um, I actually didn't have the problem of not feeling the sixties. I think between the draft stuff, uh, the lack of any major technology, um, a good amount of the clothing and the hairstyles. Yeah. Some of it felt a little contemporary for back. Like it kind of felt like a cleaned up sixties, like what we would do now and like go back and dress as kind of thing to do it. Yeah. Um, but so I, I understand where that's coming from. But between the Vietnam stuff, the and the um, and the the cars, the drive-ins, the no technology, you know, it, it put me there well enough. And I'm guessing they did that because the books were probably based were written in the '60s or based in the '60s or something. So I'm guessing that was the choice, the reason for that choice. Um, so that all worked pretty well for me. Music, I can't really think of a standout thing per se. The atmosphere is pretty good. Um, you know, if, if I had to criticize, you know, there's not a lot of jump scares. Uh, there are some, but nothing crazy. Like I, when I go into a horror movie, I'm going to expect some jump scares. And I, I know they're not for me. I know some people like them. I know it's exciting <laughs> or whatever you people say, but I think, I think they're stupid and cheap, but you know, whatever. Um, there's not a ton. There's some, but not a ton. And there's also horror that isn't just jump scares. There's some, some extra pieces in there um, that are creepy and scary and gross and just uh, all over the range of horror. So um, the sound and the visuals as a whole, it's solid. It's not excellent. Um, so three, five, I think is a, it's a fair, fair landing space. Um, so we get the ending here. Sarah Bellows uh, agrees to leave them all alone because Stella has, you know, uh, been like, you have to forgive them. You have to, I'll tell your story. I'll tell everyone that yeah. you were trying to warn people. I'm like, uh, a little preachy uh, getting a little preachy here at the end like i don't need i don't need this you know rich people are bad misunderstood weirdo and my i mean i understand that's kind of where it had to go but i'm like eh, you could have found another way to end this more creatively more originally um yeah, i agree with you there yeah i mean it's fu- it's it's okay it's not great it's okay um so after she like gives uh, like stella uh convinces her to do that Sarah does this big like, and then she's just gone. Jangly man's gone, um, and you know everything's everything's fine, except everyone's dead or missing still. The only characters we have left are <laughs> Stella and Ramon, and we get in the ending scene here when uh, Stella or Ramon decides to go. He doesn't decide, but I guess he enlists in the army because he was drafted, um, which is not a choice I saw coming because that's kind of like a pro. It's kind of a pro-Vietnam War choice, per se, which is not usually a popular opinion in Hollywood. Usually Hollywood's pretty anti-war, especially Vietnam, when looking backwards. Um, well, yeah, so I feel a, like it's because he faced his fear. He beat the jangly man, so now well, I feel like... Yeah, I agree. With, I agree. So I think that's they kind of set it up to do that. It's just um, a surprising choice, a, a, kind of a bold choice, honestly. Because usually, you know, like I said, the Hollywood movies are typically anti-war, but to have him go is a... Is a a typical choice and i think you're right with the whole facing your fear thing facing the jangly man like yeah it's a good way to do that um so stella uh drives off with her dad as well as uh ruth who <laughs> got out of the crazy house i guess like is not just alive but it's totally fine she got the scratch in her face that big that scar <laughs> I mean, are they moving? Are they going on a trip? I don't know where they're going. And if they're going somewhere, I don't know why she's with them. I don't know why the dad's all of a sudden like, all right, Ruth, you're going to come with us to wherever. And I guess their mission is to bring back Augie and Chuck. 
from the oh, yeah. other place. Yeah, they really opened it up for a sequel, which I yeah, was surprised we're gonna do about. The, the scary story cinematic universe, because that's a <laughs> that's a weird choice. Um, it's a weird ending to an otherwise yeah. pretty good second half. I think the second half of this movie for me is much better than the first. Um, it's uneven throughout, but I liked more in the second half. But um, it's a weird ending. I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, Jess, I'll, I'll throw it to you for overall. Re- talk about the ending and then also your overall resonance and feel for this movie. Yeah, I mean, considering I didn't really care for the two characters, I don't want to find them. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, just let them be lost let in them the whatever. Be, yeah, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I really have to see a trailer, even if there is one, to see where they want this to go, because what are they going to do? Walk into, like, the dark world, do a Stranger Things thing, and find them in the Upside Down? <laughs> They're going like... to the Upside Down? <laughs> yeah. Reverse Shangly Man? <laughs> are they going to find them and maybe his head. <laughs> Sarah's other relatives? I, I don't know. And now it's just getting kind of sci-fi here when it was before straight horror. <laughs> Hey, so, sci-fi can be good. We've we've liked it some can, sci-fi. Yeah, it can. I just mostly because I don't care about the characters that died. I don't want to find them. So <laughs> that's kind of how I feel about that. Overall resonance and feel. I'm just gonna go straight off how what I was doing it. Three five. It was a good movie. It there was um, some good parts, and I would recommend it. Um, but you know, there were some inconsistencies that didn't make it great. I am also gonna. We've been we've been pretty simpatico for this. I, I'm I'm on for a three wow. five as well. Um, it would be much lower because it's not really that good of a movie because um, it's so uneven and the, everything's so cliched. I don't know why I actually. And you know, it's getting decent reviews, and I, I kind of understand why. It's there's something I kind of like about it. For me, it's those two. Those two shorts, the, it's Jangly Man and Pale Lady. There are yeah. two little parts. And for you, it sounded like you loved Scarecrow and the, the, zit, the zit part. And the overarching story. The over, the, I think it was a creative story. I, I like the way it went. I, um, the storyline the story is good to work with. Yeah, I think it was told pretty well. I mean, usually anthologies, and that's the thing that happens in anthologies, you get uneven stories. Some are good, some are bad kind of thing. This is like anthology light. Like, it's all tied together by one overarching story, but there's also the little stories they want to give you, uh, which is an interesting choice. And I think for the most part, eh, they pull off more than they don't pull off here. So um, I, I, and that's the thing. When I do Resonance Feel, it's just it stick with me. Just do I, do I, am I, am I going to think about it for a while? I'm end of the year when I'm doing my end of year rankings. You're I'm thinking think about, about Pale Lady. <laughs> I'm thinking about Pale Lady. I'm thinking about Jangly Man. Those two are really good. I really do like both of them. Jangly Man because he's so weird and fun and over the he's fun for me. Jangly Man is a funny like I want to see Jangly Man do stand up. I want to see Jangly Man like wake up in the morning and get his cup of coffee. Like I want to see Jangly oh Man gosh. just hang out. And then Pale Lady is just for me a, a, a pure nightmare. She's terrifying um, in the in this in the creepiest nicest way possible, uh, which is even scarier for me. But. Three, See, I five. think when we think of the book writing itself and probably the house, those are the, the two memorable things that I would look back at. Huh, it's interesting. We lined up so similarly in our ratings. but For different for, reasons. For different stuff, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I think you already said what you would do. But overall, Jess, would you recommend Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? Yeah, I'd recommend it. And it it's a light, scary movie. It's not anything super creepy. So if someone's like, oh, I don't know, it's kind of it might be too scary for me. If you can watch Harry Potter, you can probably watch this. 
<laughs> I think it's a little <laughs> bit scarier than Harry Potter, but no, it's it's a PG thirteen horror movie. It's like yeah. a gateway. It's a gateway horror movie. It's you know, it's kind of in the middle. Um, I think it's probably scarier than Harry Potter. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know. They have like those. I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's some scary stuff in there too. Yeah, I guess there is, but like uh, this is like. I guess. All right, <laughs> we, we can get into Harry Potter another day. Maybe we'll review those some of those down the line. Huh? Oh gosh. But yeah, we'll see. Uh, but I, I also, a little surprisingly, I'm going to recommend this. I did not think I was going to recommend this movie going in. Me but, um No, I, I did not think so. Um, <laughs> it was not bad. Um, let me rephrase that. It was most. It was pretty bad. But I liked <laughs> some parts so much that it kind of overwhelmed me. Um, and I wasn't were expecting mostly that. like some like extreme highs and lows. Mine was kind of like an overall. Yeah, I it was good. I mean, there were definitely some highs and lows, but I think yours are more extremes. Yeah, my yeah. So yeah, like I would say like seventy percent of this movie is horrible trash that I never want to see again. Ten percent, ten percent's in the middle, and then twenty percent is some of the best stuff I've seen all year. So like, <laughs> like that, like that. It's it's like that. It's like, eh, like yeah, a lot of it's trash, but for the good parts, I think it's worth the slog. And if you're like Jess, if you're the casual horror movie fan, it sounds like you'll like this. So go check it out if you haven't already seen it. Um, and yeah, let us know what you think on Films with the Woman in My Life on Facebook. You can reach us there. And I am Brennan underscore pod host if you want to reach out to me on Instagram. Uh, coming up, we were supposed to do The Kitchen, uh, but because of a fire in an AMC theater near me, um, Nicole and I were, Nicole, Mama K and I were all going to go do The Kitchen, but... Um, yeah, because of the fire our, and our schedules are coming up, we're, we're all pretty busy, so we're going to actually cancel the kitchen, uh, which is, I think, okay, because it's getting pretty bad reviews right now, and Mama K actually saw it, and she was like, eh, we don't have to waste our time. I'm like, alright, so there's your mini review of the kitchen. Eh, it's a waste of time. Uh, so, <laughs> so instead, Mama K and Nicole and I will be doing uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. We'll be going and do an old movie. The oldest movie I think we've done so far. We, we've we gotten some requests to do some, some you know, classics movies from not just uh, the past 10, 15 years, not the releases. So we're going to go back and do that. We might do some more of those coming up, some older ones. So Raiders of the Lost Ark will be coming to you on Monday. We are still doing Where'd You Go, Bernadette? Unless there's another fire, I will let you guys know if that happens. <laughs> um and yeah, uh, I think there's also a review coming up this month. Uh, I will not be on for it'll be the three women. The three woman review is coming up, and um, yeah, you won't have to hear me. You can you can hear you can hear Jess, Nicole, and Mama K. I'm sure I won't even come up once. So uh, <laughs> that'll that'll be good. Uh, but I think that's pretty much everything for August, and then more big theater reviews in you know the coming months. So Jess, thanks for being on for Scary Stories. Yeah, thanks for having me for Scary Stories. I was looking forward to this one. It was definitely better than I was expecting. Um, So uh, until next time, everyone, uh, this is Brennan signing off saying thanks for listening and enjoy your movies. Thanks for listening to Films with the Women in My Life. If you enjoyed being a listener in our life, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a review as it helps more people find the show. Like us on Facebook at Films with the Women in My Life. Follow us on Twitter at Films Women Pod and check out our website, filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. That's filmswiththewomen.libsyn.com. Original music for the show was created by Ian Burke. Original
original artwork created by Nicole D'Alessio. This show is produced by Brandon Snyder. Thank you again for listening and enjoying